Well, amen. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, let's begin in the book of James. James chapter 1, uh, verse number 2. James chapter 1 and verse number 2. This is a continuation of a series that we started, uh, let's see, well, three weeks ago, counting you know, tonight. Tonight's part three. And the title is uh, Ready for Trial. Ready for Trial. So, while you're turning there, just let me remind you, we are meeting uh, in person Sunday morning at 1030, and we've been having some great services, and I know I've just heard from some of you that you're still you know, not real comfortable being around crowds of folks and that sort of thing, and hey, we respect that, um, but I do want to encourage you, if, if, you, if you haven't been uh, able to catch the, uh, the archive uh, version of the services, to, to please do that. Um, I know that I keep telling you this to the point that you're wondering if if I'm just making it up, I shouldn't have said that, but you know, we really, really are working diligently on being able to live stream from the sanctuary, um, and we've made tremendous strides in that. It's just a, it's a bigger, it's a bigger uh, project <laughs> than any of us understood in, in the sense of being able to do it right. So, but um, I want to encourage you to uh, access those sermons. There was, there was one that we had an issue with a video on. Um, week before last, but you can always get the audio even if there's uh, not a video available uh, for that. Praise God. So discipleship class, we had class number two tonight. Um, I want to encourage you to be a part of that, especially if you, if you never have been. Uh, but there's another thing you could do to help us uh, with that um, is, to, is to share it with people. Let folks know about it. Uh, share it online. Um, and uh, I, I haven't... Uh, looked at the totals since uh, I think Sunday but as of Sunday 680 people had watched class number one so really really just excited stoked about that and um, are looking forward <clears throat> to a great year of discipleship class this year all right James chapter one verse number two this is a ready for trial part three and it begins this way my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, um, you know, understand that you know one word can have multiple meanings, or there's different ways that that we can communicate uh, the meaning of a word. And so, I want to read back through this, and I want to. Uh, refine some of these words in a way that will better help you connect with what Father is saying to us by the Holy Spirit here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the proving, that word testing there in the original language uh, means proving, the proving of your faith uh, produces, and instead of patience, uh, I, I want you to think of the word endurance. The word hupomene, in the Greek, it's speaking of uh, the ability uh, to come under a position and hold that position. Uh, the, the ability uh, to take a stand and then hold that stand, to endure uh, in that stand. So again, I think in our language and the way we speak today, uh, the word endurance best translates the Greek word hupomene, instead of patience, knowing that the proving of your faith produces endurance, but let endurance have its completing work. That word perfect there means something 
being completed so that you may be complete and lacking complete and lacking nothing complete and entire is another way uh, that um, we you know see these translated in other places all right so a brief explanation of the title ready for trial what we see in both this passage as well as in other passages is that our faith is going to be tried and it's not being tried by God if we were to keep reading uh, on down verse 12 13 or so you would see very clearly that God says uh, to not say he's the one that is uh, testing or trying us um, and so we know that this trial that he's referring to here is not something that's being done by or carried out by God but instead it's something that's being done by or carried out by um, our enemy and so when we talk about a trial and the trial of our faith um, I'm asking you to think of that um, quite literally quite literally in the sense of a of a courtroom trial um, I've used the expression more than once in in this uh, series uh, when life or when the enemy tries to haul your faith into court when he tries to put your faith on trial and we see that the enemy Satan is the accuser of the brethren he is the one who's trying to prosecute a case against you okay and in the same way people going to trial in the, in the natural world physical world both sides both the, the the prosecution and the defense both sides prepare for trial and should be ready for trial when when that moment comes um, it's very important for you and me to first of all understand what a trial of our faith looks like but then also how we need to be ready for that trial when it comes uh, one of the mistakes that I think many are making in the body of Christ today is that Satan our enemy is taking the battle more seriously than we are and he's coming to court prepared for trial but we're coming to court ill-prepared for trial and remember he's been putting men's and women's faith on trial for millennia he's become very skilled at it now that's not to uh, intimidate you because again the Bible says count it all joy uh, and one of the ways that we count it all joy is that we know going in that if we endure the trial that we are going to win that we are going to be victorious but if if we are not prepared for that trial then there's a very uh, strong likelihood uh, that the enemy is going to score yet another victory against us when he should not so when we talk about the trying or the trial of your faith this occurs and I don't want you to way overthink this this occurs when circumstances symptoms and sense realm evidence try to contradict and defy your faith so again I, I'm, I'm using uh, words that either begin with s or the s sound uh, circumstances uh, uh, we could even add uh, situations uh, sense realm evidence what is sense realm evidence it's it's things that are are going on uh, in in the physical natural world around us uh, that the enemy is trying to use as evidence against us to try to prove whatever case uh, that he's trying to uh, 
to, to prove against us, right? Um, and then, of course, we've got uh, symptoms. Uh, this would be like, um, let's say, uh, your left knee is, is hurting you and you've believed God that you've received healing for your left knee. Well, the enemy is, is going to try and, and, and uh, come against that faith, put your faith on trial that your knee is healed, and, and one of the things that he's going to use to try to, to prove his case and, of sickness and disprove yours of healing is he's going to use that circumstantial evidence, the circumstance of the symptoms in your leg. He's going to try to use that as evidence to convince you uh, that even though you believed you were healed, he's going to try to convince you that you're not. So this is how, in, in, in practical terminology, simple you know, illustration that I'm trying to show you tonight, of what we mean uh, by your faith uh, being tried, your faith being put on trial. So being ready for trial then means you are prepared to answer and endure the contradiction and defiance without moving from your faith position. Remember, to endure means to take a position and hold it, to come up under and to remain under. So when he says the trying of your faith um, produces... Uh, endurance, uh, the perfecting rather, the proving of your faith produces endurance, he's talking about our ability to take that position and hold it. Now, this is where we bring uh, a, 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 a something alongside our faith that is extremely important. And it's what the Bible teaches us about endurance. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says that you and I should not become sluggish or lazy but imitate the, those who through faith and patience, again, endurance here, uh, inherit the promises. To inherit the promise means to take possession of what belongs to you, what's uh, been freely given to you by God. As we've said over and over again, faith receives what grace has already given. So it's one thing to pray and believe that you've received something, but it's another thing altogether for you to actually take possession of the thing that you have prayed and believed for. And so this is what it means to inherit the promises. It's to actually take possession of what you've prayed and believed for. Now, notice, first of all, that word sluggish um, or lazy. This tells me it, it, if, if we're being encouraged and admonished to not become lazy, that in order to stand in faith and endure in faith, that it's going to require some effort on our part, or else he wouldn't tell us to, to not become sluggish or lazy when it comes to uh, you know, standing in faith and operating in faith and receiving by faith. Uh, remember, and we, we could put other verses up on the screen tonight, let me just mention them, that, that we are told to fight the good fight of faith. And when we talk about a courtroom trial, um, we're talking about a fight, not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, uh, fisticuffs, not necessarily, uh, you know, slugging it out, uh, but, but again, a fight nonetheless. And so when, when we are, are talking about standing in faith and enduring in faith, we're talking about something that requires effort on our part. We're talking about something that requires a commitment on our part to stay the course. And so here, this passage to me is, is so beautiful and so valuable 
in, in that it says that we should, when it says imitate, he's saying follow the example of others who not only through faith possessed what God gave them, but through faith and endurance, faith and patience, faith and endurance that they have inherited the promises. I'm not going to try to go back and re-preach that message, but last Wednesday evening we looked at, at how you know, Peter walked on water and we said that he clearly had enough faith to walk on water, but not enough endurance to keep walking when the circumstances around him contradicted his faith. So it would be incorrect to say that Peter did not have enough faith to walk on water when he did. What he was lacking was not faith. What he was lacking was, again, this thing called uh, patience or endurance. Now, we know, we know from Romans 12 and 3 that God has given to every person the measure of faith. So, you have faith. Even if you're listening to me tonight and you don't believe there's a God, the God you don't believe in has given you faith, which means you have the wherewithal on board in your spirit to, to believe Him and to believe on Him and, and to know Him. Okay, So if we've been given faith by God and we see that you know, one translation in Mark 11 says that we've been given the God kind of faith, in other words, it was His faith that He gave to us, then perhaps we've been looking at this a little backwards in the sense that it's not that we necessarily have a faith problem, but that we have an endurance problem. Peter didn't have a faith problem when it came to walking on water. He had an enduring in faith problem. And as long as he endured in faith, he walked on water. But when the wind and the waves and all these you know, circumstances, again, situations, circumstances, symptoms, sense realm, evidence, when all that started kicking up around him and he took his focus off of Jesus and, and refocused on what was going on around him, he, uh, he no longer endured in faith and he began to sink. And I, and I know that I said that last week and here I am saying it again, but it, it's, it is such, I think, a beautiful example to prove and to make this point. Now, one last thing. We asked the question last week, by way of review, we asked the question last week, what would have happened if, uh, to Peter's faith if he had endured the contradiction and the circumstances that were defying what would have happened if he had just kept walking and, and, and not gave in to that? In other words, if he, had, if he had endured in faith, then his faith would have been proven. And, and that's what he's talking about here uh, when he says, let's go back to it in, in, in our text for tonight. Um, I'll put it back up on the screen in case uh, you, you're not open to it still. When he says, knowing that, verse 3, knowing that the proving of your faith, that word testing there, um, Although the same word translated trial above that is translated test in other places, this is not the same word. That word there is the word proving. It's talking about something being proven. Okay, So when our faith is put on trial, we have to stand and be prepared to stand and endure the contradiction and the defiance against our faith. And that is where endurance is produced in our lives. Um, I've jokingly said before, and I'll say it again tonight, you can't go to the grocery store and buy a pound of endurance. And we see in the Scriptures that Father God has given to you the measure of faith, but the endurance that you need to go along with that faith 
only comes, only comes when you stand in the midst of your faith being put on trial. So do you see why it's so important for us to be ready for trial? If we're not ready for trial, um, we're, we're going to uh, very quickly uh, uh, be uh, defeated in that trial. Let me, let me try to show you, and, I, and I, I've got some messages that I'm really excited to, to bring to you along these lines, but imagine for a moment that someone has been falsely accused of murder and now they're, they're being prosecuted for that murder and the prosecution in their opening uh, argument, their opening statements, made such a convincing case that the defendant accused of murder falsely stood up and said, you know what, I, I agree with him, I did it. Just go ahead and lock me up now. Uh, again, that, that would be the most ridiculous, silly thing. Yet, so many times our faith is put on trial and within 38 seconds, we've already agreed with the enemy, yeah, you're, mine, you're right, nothing happened, my knee's not healed, yeah, you're right. You know, and as we agree with him so quickly, I mean, it's like, you know, he doesn't even hardly have to bring the least little a case a, against us to contradict what we just believed God for and released our faith for. And next thing you know, we folded up like a cheap lawn chair and we're, and we're saying, yeah, you know, you're right, I was silly to even believe that in the first place. Who am I to think that God can you know, supernaturally eliminate my debt and blah, blah. So do you see what I'm saying? This would never happen to someone who, who was in the middle of a, of a trial, you know, with a prison sentence hanging in the balance and, 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 and these kinds of things. But yet, when our faith is put on trial, it's like the, the least little evidence that, that, that Satan brings to try to come against, contradict, disprove our faith. You know, we don't fight, we, we fold. And, and so this is, this is where, again, it's, it's, in, it's in that trial when he says you're not healed and you say, yes, I am. 1 Peter 2.24 says I am. Notice you're fighting back. He, he's trying to tell you that, 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 that God doesn't love you and that you're not righteous and that you're not free and, and that you're not prosperous, right? And, and that, that's when you say, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So, in other words, we've, we've, we've got to respond when the enemy puts our faith on trial and brings these charges against us and presents circumstantial evidence. And, and listen, I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but facts are one thing, truth's another. And so it may be a fact that your, your, your knee is is hurting that, that there's you know some kind of ligament damage or what have you uh that may be a fact but as as powerful as facts are they're still not as powerful as truth truth trumps facts and the truth is by his stripes you were healed so even then when the enemy brings the the accusation when the enemy brings uh circumstantial evidence sense realm evidence when the when the an enemy brings even fact-based evidence We've got something to counteract that with, uh, and, it's, and it's called the truth. Amen. But again, if, if we don't fight the good fight of faith, if we don't engage the enemy when our faith is put on trial, it's not just that we're going to lose, we're going to miss the opportunity to produce 
endurance and build endurance into our hearts and lives. Amen. Now, let's, um, let's go back then, because here we see this, <clears throat> this idea of it being proven or approved again. And it's in James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say, when he's tested, tempted, or tried, when, he's been, when his faith's being put on trial, that I'm being uh, put on trial by God, for God cannot be tested, tempted, or tried by evil. That word evil means to uh, back down, uh, move, you know, back down from a position that you've already taken. And the same theme throughout all of this, uh, stop short of the full measure to, to not push on through and possess what God has uh, said belongs to you, what He said is yours. So let no one say when he's tested, tempted, or tried, I'm tested, tempted, or tried by God, for God cannot be tested, tempted, or tried by evil, nor does He test, tempted, or try anyone. Now, we see in James, the first verses that we read, James uh, chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4, there he's talking about the trial of your faith. And he says the trial of your faith um, will, will, will bring this provenness to your faith and at the same time will produce endurance. But we see that it shifts in James 1 and verse 12 where here he's not just saying blessed is the faith that endures, but here he's saying, blessed is the man who endures. Okay, So, how I look at this is going from your faith being tried and building endurance through the, the trying of your faith, the proving of your faith, is that now we're looking you know, at the other side of this after someone who has endured the temptation, and now this person and again, endures the trial. We think temptation just being tempted to sin. Um, but remember, sin uh, means to miss the mark. Sin means to miss the full scope and true end. So even when we talk about temptation and, and being tempted to sin, we're talking about coming up short of God's best for us in every area. Receiving from Him the life He called us to live uh, the, the joy and the peace that uh, He made available for us to experience in our lives. So, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved. So now, it's not just the, the faith being uh, tried and the faith being proven. Now it's the individual, it's the man who has endured and, and has come out the other side of this approved. And notice that this man... Uh, will receive the crown of life, ruling and reigning in life, which of course is something that we do uh, practically uh, by faith. In other words, you'll never rule and reign in life unless you do it by faith. So I see this blessed man as someone who has this beautiful and powerful combination of both proven faith and what Romans 5 calls proven character. Proven faith, 
The faith that God gave you has now been tried and proven. And now this, this, this important character trait of endurance, right, has been tried and proven. In other words, you know because you have that you can endure. You know that when the enemy brings contradicting uh, uh, circumstantial evidence against you and brings you into the, in, 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 into the courtroom of life and puts your faith on trial because you've been there and you've endured it and you've come out a victor, now you have proven character and you have proven faith. Okay? Now, let me remind you of a couple of things from last week. And I know I'm being repetitive, but this is... I went back and listened to that sermon and I thought, man, Father, I, uh, I, I'm, I preached that and I missed some of this. So I want to make sure you've got these things, okay? The trial of your faith isn't about proving your faith to God. It's about proving it to you. And we used David as an example when he faced Goliath. Remember, Saul tried to give David his armor. And David said, thanks but no thanks because this has not been proven to me. What had been proven to David? He went and he found him five smooth stones. Because he had used stones, smooth stones in the past against the lion, against the bear. In other words, this was something that had been proven to David. And because it had been proven to him, he had confidence in God's ability to use that in his life to produce victory. And so now it's the biggest challenge that he's faced, but it doesn't matter that the challenge is bigger once the faith is proven. Do you see that? This is, this is important. Okay? I mean, obviously, a lion and a bear is a pretty big deal, right? Um, but even bigger still is, is Goliath, literally uh, and mentally and in every way. It's a bigger fight. It's a bigger battle. But because David's faith had already been proven to him in previous battles, he was not afraid facing what was now the biggest battle of his life so far. Now, if his faith had never been proven to him, it would be a different story and perhaps even with a different outcome. So a lot of people have this idea, and I remember as a small child even hearing the story, thinking about how afraid David must have been, and yet in spite of his fear, he went and faced the giant. I, I, I see it differently now. Uh, I don't think David was afraid at all. And the reason he wasn't afraid is because he has, his faith had already been put on trial many times, and many times he had, uh, he had endured the proving of his faith, rather than running, rather than hiding, rather than, than calling in sick and telling his dad, you know, he can't go back and face, you know, keep the sheep anymore because he's afraid of the bear and making up excuses. He stood there, he did that, and now he's, he's in a position uh, with proven character, proven faith, and he is not afraid of Goliath at all. As a matter of fact, when Goliath starts threatening him, David responds to that threat. See, this is what proven faith will do. Proven faith will take you beyond the battle that you're about to fight to even a greater victory after that. David is saying to Goliath, after I'm through with you, after I remove your head from your shoulders, I'm going to feed the entire Philistine army to the birds of the air. That's what proven faith looks like operating in someone's life so to a lot of people faith is like Saul's armor they have the finest available but they don't have any confidence in it because it hasn't been proven to them and it never will be until your faith is tested in battle in other words until you have taken a position of faith and the enemy comes 
to try and contradict that and defy that and try that faith. Until that happens, your faith will never be proven. Now, there's another thing here, though, that may be obvious, but I want to make sure you see it, okay? And so because of that, I'm going to put just James 1.12 up by itself. Notice it says, blessed is the man who endures temptation, who endures his faith being put on trial. Blessed is the man who endures the trial. He didn't say, blessed is the man who is tried. And I think this is, this is where a lot of, of people uh, get confused in the sense that they think if their faith is tried, that somehow this is going to prove faith to them and this is going to produce endurance in their lives. He didn't say blessed is the man who is tried. He said blessed is the man who endures the trial. There's a difference between being tried and enduring the trial. If all it took to perfect and prove our faith, if all it took to make our faith stronger and, 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 and more powerful was for our faith to be tried, then we would all be faith ninjas now. You, you follow what I'm saying? Because we, we've all, how many times have you believed God for something to, and, and then have that, that what you believed contradicted, uh, refuted, uh, the devil just defying it. You've told him to move and he hasn't moved. You've told the mountain to go and it hasn't gone. He's just defying your faith. The defying of your faith is the same as, as your faith being put on trial. How many times has that happened to us? And we've like, oh well, nothing happened. Oh well, you know, I don't know. It must not be God's time. It must not be God's will. We start making all these excuses, right? Um, and so again, that's happened so many times. If just simply having our faith put on trial would purify and perfect and prove our faith to us, then again, we've been through enough trials that, that, that we should be you know, experts, faithmaticians now. But that's not what he said. He didn't say, blessed is the man who has tried. Blessed is the man who endures the trial when it comes. Now, there's a part of this that unless you've walked this out in your life, it's, it's going to seem like a gap in all of this. It's going to seem like there's something really important that's missing, or it, if, especially if you're just trying to rationalize all this in your head. My friend, faith doesn't work in the head. Faith is a function of the heart. Okay, But there's something here that you need to understand about all this that I feel very strongly about that the Holy Spirit wants me to say to you tonight. And, and, and that is, when you take that stand, when the enemy contradicts your faith, and you rise up on the Word of God, and you hold fast your confession, and, and, and when you uh, use the Word of God and the, and the name of Jesus, and, and, and when the enemy uh, you know, brings circumstantial evidence, and rather than you agreeing with him, you continue to say what the Word says. And, and, and so in other words, you, you are engaging him in the trial. Something happens on the inside of you to your faith. Something is produced, as the word James used, the Holy Spirit used, Something is produced in you. Something is strengthened in you that cannot be produced or strengthened any other way. 
And this is the part that, that many people do not understand. And to be honest with you, this is the part the devil never wants you to understand because he is banking on you folding. He is banking on you taking a position and dropping it like a hot potato and going back you know, to, to your, your misery. And you, know, you poked your head up and he popped you in the side of the head. And so you've decided you're not ever poking your head up again. That's what he's banking on. But something happens in this process, in, 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 this, in this effort to resist Him steadfastly in the faith, in this effort, not being sluggish, not being lazy, but we, we dig in our heels and we say, yes, I am, because the Word says this, and yes, it will be so, because God promised me this, and yes, my children will be saved, because Father speaks of household salvation in His Word. And then all of a sudden, your kid cuts the biggest fool that he's ever cut. Because again, the enemy is trying you. Circumstances. He's hoping that you'll become discouraged and depressed and start agreeing with him and start speaking death and, and start speaking doubt and unbelief over that situation again. But when you hold your ground in the face of everything around you saying it's not going to happen and it never will, and you stand there and you continue to engage the enemy in the trial for your faith, my friend, something's happening on the inside of you. Something's changing on the inside of you. What, what was once hard to believe now becomes easier to believe. What, used to, what, what doubt used to just almost extinguish immediately now, the devil will throw a bucket of, 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 of water doubt on your uh, flame of faith and, 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 and all of a sudden here comes that flame flickering right back up. Amen. But you'll never know that. You'll never get to that unless you engage Him and unless you're willing to fight that good fight of faith when your faith is put on trial. The trial alone, listen to me now, is not what proves your faith. It's enduring when tried that leads to proven faith. It's enduring when tried that leads to, pro to proven faith. Alright, now, praise God. Let's do this. One more passage. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 6. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 6. And we'll, we'll wind down right here tonight. Amen. Normally I would say, I hope that you're getting something out of this, but let me, I'm going to say it a different way tonight, okay? I know that you're getting something out of this because I have released my faith and believe that you will. Amen. Alright, 1 Peter chapter 1. In verse number 6, see if this sounds similar to what we've already been looking at. He says, in this you greatly rejoice. Seems like somewhere he said, count it all joy, right? In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. Say little while. Little while, amen? Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That word grieved there, it, it means stressed. Okay, not grieved like, again, some of these words carry with them meanings that lead us in a slightly wrong direction in, in, in really understanding what he's saying here. He says, you've been stressed by various trials. Trials can be stressful, okay? Trials can be stressful. Battles can be stressful, okay? And so so the, I think about stress. You know, stress, if, if I hold this Bible up, right, if I keep putting enough stress on this, eventually it's, it's, it's going to, to, to bow, it's going to bend. And so, you know, the pressure 
that the enemy tries to bring against us when our faith is on trial is he's trying to get us to bend. He's, he's trying to get us to bow, if you will. He's, 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 he, so, he, so obviously, we're going to endure some stress. If, if, if there was no pressure, there would no, not be a need for endurance. In, in other words, if there was no contradiction, if there was nothing to defy your faith once you took a faith position, then there would be no, no reason to endure. So the enduring is going to produce stress. And notice here, he's, he's saying this. This isn't just Peter offering his condolences. This is Peter speaking by the Holy Spirit. This isn't just Peter saying this, in other words. This is the Holy Spirit. This is God Himself speaking this to you and me through the Apostle Peter. He says, listen, you greatly rejoice in this, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, stressed by various trials. I asked you to say it a minute ago so I'm, I, because I want you to focus on a little while. Okay? While the enemy of your soul has become very skilled at putting faith on trial, there's only so much he has to work with. Therefore, we have numerous case studies on how to be ready for trial and defeat him at it. He's going to try to bombard you initially with everything he's got. He's going to try to overwhelm you. And so this is why so many times, and I've seen it in my life, I imagine some of you have, you take a position of faith on something, expecting it to get better, and it actually gets worse. You, know, you, you pray for, for healing in your, in your uh, you know, plantar fasciitis in your foot, and... Um, and, and the next morning you wake up and, it, and it's hurting you more uh, than it's ever hurt you, you know, and you were expecting, you know, to put on tennis shoes and go jogging. See, again, he, he's going to hit you, just, just blitzkrieg you, right? I mean, he's, he's going to hit you and, 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 you know, all kinds of stats and numbers and levels and this and that. Goodness, that's, that's, that's how the enemy works, okay? You believe him for financial breakthrough. And then all of a sudden you get a bill you didn't even know was coming the next day for more money than you've got in the, in the bank to pay. Again, that don't, this is how he works. This is, he's a, he's a, he's a, a punk. I'm telling you, this is, this is how the enemy works. So have you ever heard the expression in athletics, uh, you've got to weather the storm, right? Meaning what? Meaning you've got to know, you're going to take that stand of faith, the enemy's going to try to hit you with everything you've got. And it's, and it's going to be intense, but notice it says, though now for a little while. In other words, the more you stand, the more the enemy realizes that not only is he not going to win this trial, but the more he tries, he's not doing anything to hurt you. He's actually doing something that's going to help you and make you harder to deal with next time. So this is why he'll eventually back away. Now, he'll try other avenues. He'll try you know, subtle and deceptive things and, and what have you. But again, I'm trying to show you, we're not ignorant of his devices, weather the storm, don't back down. When you pray and believe and things get worse, no, I mean, laugh at him. 
laughed. I've said it before. <laughs> Devil, you know, I just believed it was, I received last night. So I know what you're trying to do. You're, again, I'm, I, I'm not going, oh, I can't believe it's not any better. I can't believe this kidney stone's still hurting me. I can't. No, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. I settled it last night. I drew the line in the sand last night. And and uh, can't hardly walk this morning, but I know I'm healed. See, again, see that... He has spent so much time frustrating you. When are you going to get up and start frustrating Him? Quit agreeing with Him. So again, uh -uh, I'm healed going to work. I don't care if I have to bring a barf bag with me and vomit on the way. I'm going to work. I don't care. Y'all remember that kidney stone hit me. I'm going to preach youth camp. I don't care. I'm not missing this. Again, Never had a kidney stone in my life. All of a sudden, Saturday before youth camp starts on a Monday, I, I feel like somebody's put a Bowie knife in my back. Again, I, no, I'm not doing it. Amen. So again, this is the kind of attitude, this is the kind of approach to these things. Let me keep going. I said I was going to finish right here. That the genuineness, notice now, the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, if you were in the building, I would tell you to stand with me because I'm finishing right here. But let me say this, all right? The proving of your faith, God's not doing it. Don't please quit thinking He's doing this to you. He's not. The enemy is rolling the dice against you to try to get you to back down. And when you stand... And you fight him and you resist him and you're ready for trial and the contradictor, contradictions come, the circumstantial evidence comes, the, the lies and the facts come and you stand there and go toe-to-toe -to -toe and, and confessing out of your mouth, it, it takes your faith and it begins to get the impurities out of it. It begins to remove the doubt and unbelief from it. It, it begins to, 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 to take the things that have kept you from being able to function at a higher level of faith and, and, and by resisting Him and getting in, into the heat of that moment, into, into the fiery trial of that moment, you come out the other side of it if you endure with a faith that is proven, a faith that is purer, a faith that is stronger, a faith that will produce more and greater results in your life than ever before. Amen. Father, thank You. This time together tonight, thank You for my beautiful brothers and sisters. Lord, who are tuning in. Again, Father, I believe because I release my faith that they are receiving and are being blessed by this. And Father, I thank You that this message um, and this series is being shared. It's, 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 it's being uh, listened to um, and people uh, all over this world, Lord, are hearing this and being blessed by this and, and are, 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 are learning how to grow from faith to faith in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you Sunday morning at 1030, if not before. Uh, good things coming, and please know that you're loved. Amen, good night.